Hello, hello. This is David back again with another episode of Blood and Fire Radio Podcast. This is the big one. This is episode 100. Can't believe it. Um, I've been doing this podcast for five years now. I started it in August of 2016. Um, if I had kept up with it really strictly doing it every other week, I'd probably be up to like 130 episodes by now. But of course I had those few months where I wasn't doing the podcast cause I was a bit more focused on my son having some health issues early on in his life. But, uh, yes, we are finally here. Episode 100. Uh, I did put it out there on the Facebook page, you know, if anybody had some ideas for a theme that they might want me to do for episode 100, and uh, I actually took one of those suggestions and uh, went ahead and used it. So, this one is an interesting episode for me. I'm going to do pretty much an all-local episode. So this is bands that are local to the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas. Um, I do get asked somewhat often, um, anytime I have to do an interview for anything, they'll just kind of ask about the scene. What's the scene like down there? And I'm not the person to ask because I don't really do the scene thing. You know what I mean? Um... I'm not a good scene brother, so reason is I really just don't enjoy a lot of local metal, so I'm going to be playing a bunch of it tonight, but um, yeah, a lot of of it doesn't do much for me. Um, There's plenty of bands that I have played shows with over the years that I enjoy, and I really like them as people, Um, but it just takes a lot. It takes a lot. For, to to get me out of the house to go to a local metal show. It just doesn't happen anymore. I, I'm too busy and I'm too damn tired. And it's just not, uh, not that enjoyable to me. So I'm going to do my best here because I'm, I'm talking up these bands as I play them. But uh, I, I admit it feels a bit, a bit hypocritical here. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm sharing their music, but I'm just not a big fan of most local metal (laughs) so i don't know i'm gonna do my very best to not sound like an asshole so um but there is legitimately some good stuff on here for sure i did you know that's the beauty part i get to kind of hand pick what i want to play so i picked uh ones that i tried to pick ones that are still active um, of course, one of them that I had on the list very recently announced that they're not active anymore, so that one kind of backfired on me. But yeah, I wanted to pick bands that are still active and uh, bands that I haven't played uh, on the podcast before. There's a few exceptions there. Mainly bands that I play in <laughs> are the exceptions because I've included them on here. But yeah, so there's there's a couple that I've probably played um, in past episodes that I decided to leave off of this one. So... Let's get rolling here. So I'm not even really going to announce the location for any of these bands because, as I said, they're all from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So this band has been around since 2012. 
It's basically a three-piece. Um, the mastermind behind it all is Dave Tillery of uh, Embalmed. And he basically enlisted Matt Thompson from King Diamond on drums and uh, Cody Daniels from uh, Giant of the Mountain and Kriggs Grove, who, of course, I play with. Um, so Cody, he got on to do lead guitars and a lot of solos, and uh, it's instantly recognizable as Cody's style. Um, but it's really good. It's it's death metal, but it's kind of kind of kind of has an epic vibe to it in certain spots. Um, it's a short EP. They put out uh, a debut in 2017. I think that was a full length, and then they did an EP in 2019. Uh, I don't think Cody was on that first record. I think this EP was the first one with Cody on it. Um, but the band is called Wings of Dayhawk, and that's D-A-H-A-K. And the EP is called Death at Your Side. It's very short. It came out in September of 2019, and that was released uh, independently. I think it was just digitally, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. But it's out there on Spotify as well. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and play the title track off of that. Um, some excellent guitar work, not just from Cody, but even just the riffing and everything from Dave uh, is very good. So here we go, off of the Death at Your Side EP. This is Wings of Dayhawk with Death at Your Side.
All right, that was Wings of Dayhawk with Death at Your Side. Um, yeah, right out of the gate, you get a Cody solo, and uh, it's a screamer for sure. All right, this next band has gotten lots of uh, attention nationally, internationally. Um, you know, I'll be first to admit there's probably a bit of jealousy involved here, but I truly just don't understand the hype around this band because what they are playing has been done before and been done better <laughs> and this isn't bad by any means but it is just a little confusing to me as how out of all the bands kind of doing this um in, you know not just nationwide but even just in this metroplex in the dallas fort worth area i think there's bands doing this better but the band is frozen soul and Frozen Soul has really had uh, a pretty good uh, upward trajectory, pretty fast. Um, they just released their debut album called Crypt of Ice on January 8th of this year through Century Media. So they're signed to a, a pretty sizable, um, popular label. And I honestly, I'm not sure if I've even played a show with them in the past. I know, you know, a couple of the members of that band some of their old bands I've played shows with, but I don't know that I've played a show with, with uh, Frozen Soul uh, before. But yeah, they kind of basically try to sound like Bolt Thrower, but Bolt Thrower is better and um, more memorable. And that's, that's really all I can say, is that it's kind of that style of death metal, which is fine. It's still kind of enjoyable to listen to, but uh, to me, it's just not as memorable, and it's just not as good as the original. <laughs> so, anywho, you can be the judge. Off of the debut album Crypt of Ice, this is Frozen Soul with Hand of Vengeance.
right there we have it that's frozen soul with hand of vengeance yeah i mean they must be doing something right there's there's lots of people that i see that will make posts about how this is hands down the best best local band in the area you know so people are into it but i'm not i'm just not quite seeing the the level of hype and recognition i'm just not quite understanding but anyways this next band I have played once before, but I'm playing them again, damn it. The band is Chemicost, and they are a very good thrash band and good dudes, really. Um, everybody in the scene knows Ernie and loves Ernie, and he does he does um, bass and vocals in Chemicost and also plays guitar for Embalmed, and he's involved in a new project with Dave Tillery from Wings of Dayhawk and I can't remember what it was called we just played a show with them too like a month ago and I forgot what uh, what they were called I'm gonna have to look that up but uh, yes Chemicost they've gone through some lineup changes recently I think they have found themselves a, uh, a steady drummer now and they're working on new material uh, which is good because this debut album uh, was very good the album's called Unleashed Upon This World, came out in 2018 through Dark Rituals Records, and as I said, that was their debut. I think they had an EP prior to that, but uh, it's thrash, and they try to kind of capture, it has a, a modern production, but they try to capture kind of that classic kind of 80s thrash vibe, uh, right down to the cover art as well. They have the old uh, Ed Repka cover art, so it looks uh, very much in keeping with that 80s thrash aesthetic. But um, but they're good. The guitar work is always great. The riffs are good. And uh, it's just good straight-up thrash. And they're probably one of my favorite uh, bands in the area to play shows with just because they're, they're always enjoyable to watch. So here we go off of the debut album Unleashed Upon This World. This is Chemicost with Unleashed Upon This World.
It was like all the forces of hell were unleashed. And it happened right there. All right, that was Chemicost with Unleashed Upon This World. That's a great record, and Ernie's vocal style is is perfect for that band because it's thrashy, but it's kind of more extreme. It's it's a slightly more extreme thrash vocal, but you can still understand what he's saying. Um, but yeah, I think it's a perfect fit for them. All right. Now, a little self-indulgence here. Won't be the last time either. I'm going to play one of my bands. So, Giant of the Mountain. It's been around since 08 always centered around Cody and Randy and they've had uh, actually back in the day Randy played guitar and they had a different drummer and then whenever that drummer quit Randy switched to drums and she's been there ever since and they've kind of had a I say a revolving door of bass players but they've you know they've had bass players that stick around for several years and then leave so they've had a handful I'd say a handful of bass players over the years um, I am the most recent one. I want to say I probably officially joined, oh, let's see here, maybe the summer of 2018, maybe June or so, because I played my first show with them um, in the fall of 2018, opening up for Tribulation. So I was still pretty fresh in the band uh, whenever I, I had the live debut with them. But uh, we just released a new EP on September 3rd so it is very fresh and yeah they kinda have always done a um, kind of a seesaw back and forth between a full length and an EP and then a full length and an EP so the last album was a full length Nature's Wrath which I was not uh, on I joined after that album was released um, and now we've been working on this EP for a long time the songs have actually been done for a long time and we've practiced them to death and uh, we recorded them quite a while ago as well, but waited uh, to release it because we wanted to see if we can get some kind of label backing uh, to release this thing. And we did. So um, we had to wait a little bit before it could come out. So we were just kind of sitting on it for a few months there. But now it's finally out. It's been a long time coming. So this EP is called Mountain's Blood. And uh, as I said, that just came out on September 3rd through Careless Records, which is a record label out of Russia. It's kind of a subsidiary of Narcoleptica Records, which is who my other band, Krigsgrove, uh, worked with for a physical release of our last album, uh, Leave No Path to Follow. He handled the, the you know, Andre at the label handled the physical copies, the digipacks and everything. So that's, um, that's what happened here. So we got some nice, very nice digipacks from Careless Records. But yes, basically we have an intro. It's not an instrumental intro. And it's not a full song either. It's kind of a, you know, uh, maybe like, uh, how should I put this? Like the intro tune on the last Cradle of Filth record. Where it's not a full song, but it's just maybe like a two minute long piece. That's, you know, still had, has its heavy moments and everything leading into the first real song. And then there's three full tunes, and then there's an instrumental outro. It's about 23 minutes of music, but uh, we've played... The first full song, Surrender to the Currents, has been out there for a while, and um, Once Great Mountains, I believe I played a handful of episodes ago. Um, so now I'm going to play the last remaining like full tune off of that EP. This one's the longest song on the EP and probably the most diverse. There's a lot of clean vocals and melodic verses, and the whole second half is uh, has a real just kind of epic 
vibe to it and just picks up the energy and everything. Totally different feel for the second half of the song. But it's a great one. It's uh, it's always one where I kind of have to hold my breath and hope that I can hit my notes properly with the backing vocals since it's such a mellow verse that if I fuck it up, it's going to stand out quite a bit. <laughs> so... Um, but yeah, it's it's a fun one to do. You you do hear a lot of my backing vocals in this one, uh, which is kind of cool. I haven't really done much recorded vocals before, so yeah, it was pretty fun to do. So here we go, off of our Mountain's Blood EP, this is Giant of the Mountain with Erosion.
and then it just cuts right there it bleeds right into the next song once great mountains um yeah love that tune a lot going on in that one uh really fun one to sing the EP, funny enough, has really gotten a mixed bag of reviews. It seems that more domestic um, webzines and places like that, websites, have given it some favorable reviews. And then the couple of reviews we've gotten from other countries have been uh, not so good. <laughs> but whatever. We really dig the tunes. Um, there's been a lot of progression in the sound over the years with Giant of the Mountain. And I say progression because it's been kind of progressive. Uh, it's one of those things where when people say, what genre? Like, that's something we had to tell Andre at, at the label at Careless Records uh, when we were promoting this uh, release. He's like, well, what should I put as your genre? Because he listened to it and he even he was like, I'm not really sure what to say. <laughs> so I think we said, like, progressive, melodic black slash death metal or something like that um and he was like yeah i guess you know because it's true there's elements of all of that stuff in there um so we don't even really know what we're supposed to say when it comes to that but yes in very eager to see where we go from here so let's keep it rolling here this band's been around for a long time uh, it's been in many different forms so i've seen them as a two-piece i've seen them as a five-piece um, they've changed their style many times over the years, a little bit here and there, and they're still going, still going strong. Uh, the band is called Psychiatric Regurgitation, and uh, most people in the metal scene, if you go to a local show, you're pretty much guaranteed to see somebody at that show wearing a Psychiatric Regurgitation t-shirt. But yes, that's kind of the brainchild of, uh, of Dylan. He's the main man in that band very good guitar player and just his enthusiasm for his bands um it's just contagious man after all these years he's still just as into it as uh, as ever but um they have some pretty kind of shocking uh imagery and lyrical themes and stuff like that so they really kind of go for a bit of a, a shock factor here i'm going to play something off of their fourth full length it's called blood come and tears Came out in 2017 on Burning Dogma Records, which is a local label run by Mr. Tyler Berry. And yes, this release is pretty good. They're one of those bands that the albums are pretty good, but honestly, they're a band that you should see live because they're, they're very good live. So off of 2017's Blood, Come, and Tears, this is Psychiatric Regurgitation with Crown of Nails. <laughs>
All right, there we go. That was Psychiatric Regurgitation with Crown of Nails. Yeah, they're good. That's probably my, f my favorite release of theirs. I actually think that might be the most recent. I don't know if they've released anything since 2017, but um, but yeah, that one of, of all the full lengths, that one is my favorite so far. Uh, all right. This next band has been around since 2010. I actually wasn't sure if they were still active. They're still listed as an active band, but I really haven't seen them uh, doing all that much in the last couple of years. I know they've had some lineup changes, uh, but it's a band I've always really liked. The band is called Sparrows, and they do a really melodic death metal, um, and they do it really well. The guitar work is great, and um, they just have a real... Real epic vibe, and especially live. They were a very strong live band. Last time I saw them was playing at an outdoor show at Gas Monkey Bar and Grill. I can't remember who they were opening for, but it was kind of a passing of the torch, I think. It was... Was it the vocalist who was leaving? Or a bass player that was leaving? I can't remember. That was the, the final show for one of their members, and it was kind of a thing where... Um, towards the end of the set, I think the bass player that was leaving the band, like, literally did a handing over of the bass to the new guy to, like, play a song or two to finish out the set, something like that. Um, but yeah, so I haven't seen them do anything since then. They, they may well have, uh, played some shows since then, but I, I just haven't seen them, uh, active much in the, in the scene lately. But I'm gonna play something off of their most recent album. It's called, um... Mark of the Beast Extinction because they have three different Mark of the Beast albums. Each one has a different like subtitle to it. Um, so this is the third and what I assume would be the final uh, of those albums. But yeah, Mark of the Beast Extinction came out in October of 2018. Their fourth album overall. They released it independently. Uh, it's still out there on their band camp if you want to uh, listen to it and purchase it. But it's great. I mean, all their stuff has been good. Um, they're definitely one of my favorites uh, locally. And uh, I hope that it's true. I hope that they are still active. And uh, hopefully they'll kind of get back out there and get busy again and hop on some shows. So yes, here we go. Off of the fourth album, Mark of the Beast Extinction. This is Sparrows with Fields of Misery.
right. That was Sparrows with Fields of Misery. Yeah, excellent. Excellent stuff. Very confident songwriting. Um, great guitar work out of those guys. All right. This next band has been around since 2012. It's brutal, kind of technical death metal. Not really my thing, um, but they have gained quite a bit of popularity because locally, at least, they are probably the best ones out there at this style right now. Uh, the band is Cesspool of Corruption, and um, they feature a very young but very talented drummer. I think his, is it Brendan or Brennan? I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Shackleford, which always makes me think of King of the Hill every time with uh, Dale's alter ego, Rusty Shackleford. Um, but yes, he's a very good drummer, and he's still very young. I think he's 25, maybe, if that. Um, I first saw him drumming for a band called Fenris, which was very much like kind of trying to be like Ensephirum, where they were wearing the kilts and the war paint and stuff. And and uh, But he was super young back then, and uh, you could already tell that he was kind of going to be doing great things because he was very talented uh, even as a super baby-faced kid <laughs> in Fenris. Um, but yes, he's moved on to other things. I know he posts a lot of YouTube videos as well of him covering uh, some death metal tunes, uh, some pretty challenging ones as well, and he does a good job of it. Um, but yeah, the band, talented bunch of guys. It's just not really my, my cup of tea, not really my style of stuff that I listen to uh, much these days. Um, but as I said, they've, they've gotten pretty popular over the years. I actually didn't even really realize until uh, researching for the episode that they had been around since 2012. Uh, I thought they came around a few years after that. But, um, but they just released their debut full-length. They did an EP back in 2016, but they just released their debut full-length um, about a month ago. So album's called Requiems of the Ignominious, and that came out on August 6th of this year through Gorehouse Productions. And I, I don't necessarily have a favorite off of the album because again, I just don't really listen to this style that much. But um, but this one kind of stuck out to me as being pretty, pretty groovy. I dug it. So here we go. Off of Requiem's of the Ignominious, this is Cesspool of Corruption with Consuming the Diminished.
right, there we have it. That was Cesspool of Corruption with Consuming the Diminished. All right, let's move on. This band, I really don't know exactly when they came about, um, but I feel like I didn't really start seeing them around until like 2014, like playing live. But um, it says they released a demo in 2011, which I, I didn't really notice that uh, at the time. But yeah, like I want to say around 2014 or so is when they started playing live fairly regularly and, and we played several shows with them with one of my old bands. The band is called Tyrannosaurus, and this is the one that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode uh, that at the time when I was kind of putting together uh, my list for who I wanted to play on this episode, they were still considered to be active. But then uh, just weeks ago, a couple weeks ago maybe, they announced uh, that they are 100% done. Uh, they'd been kind of inactive ever since their guitar player Billy Baxter uh, moved. I can't remember where he moved to. But uh, he moved out of state, and I feel like it was kind of his brainchild, mostly, anyways. So uh, I thought they were possibly done after he moved, but um, I guess they kind of formally put the nail in the coffin uh, this year. But um, they were good. They were a pretty good live band. I always had an issue with Zach's uh, vocals. Uh, Zach Christian, he's got a great presence, you know, he performs barefoot, and they always have the heavy fog going, and he just kind of has this good kind of dark mood going up there, up on stage. And, uh, yeah, good good stage presence, but just purely from a vocal standpoint, his vocals are always completely drowned in as much reverb as you can put on them. And he has a very mid-range delivery. And the problem is that you kind of need to have either a very low guttural delivery or a higher more black metal shriek to cut through uh, because live when you have all that reverb and it's a mid mid-range delivery it just sounds like a completely washed out you can't make out anything that's going on you can tell that vocals are happening but you can't really decipher anything at all and it just kind of blends in and fades away you know so it's a shame. That's kind of the same. He's the singer for Cleric as well. And it's the same way with Cleric. It's just drowned in so much echo um, and just the tone of it. You, it just gets lost completely. But it's kind of that way on the album as well, unfortunately. But uh, the music is quite good. I wouldn't classify them as a black metal band. They definitely have that kind of aesthetic and lyrical themes and stuff like that. But it's probably, you would just say, kind of a blackened death metal um type thing going on here but yeah they were a good live band and it's sad to see them uh sad to see them go but uh, i'm gonna play something off of their debut and only full length uh it's called shattering lights creation came out in june of 2017 through tofu carnage and which i believe might not necessarily be local to dallas fort worth but i know it's a texas-based label but uh, yeah, they just had the demo in 2011, and then this debut full length, and then that's it. But um, but it's a good record, and it's out there. It's on Bandcamp and things like that. It's on YouTube. So here we go. Off of Shattering Light's creation, this is Tyrannosaurus with Haunting Black Infinity.
tonight. That was Tyrannosaurus with Haunting Black Infinity. Uh, I'm sure you see what I mean. It is very close to being black metal. Uh, there's definitely elements of it in there. The vocals kind of keep it um, somewhat more death metal-ish. But uh, all right, we're jumping to another band here out of Dallas. It's been around since 2015. They are good friends. The band is Worm Chasm, and um, that features our friend Stephen Jeter on bass and vocals. Very good guy. You know, funny enough, uh, back in the day, I want to say maybe 2010, 2011, eh, it's probably 2010, I guess. Uh, I had joined the band Valsgard on drums. It's a band that was very kind of uh, Viking-oriented. Uh, Corey, who I, of course, later played with in Valsgard and Of Oak and Krigsgrav. Um, back then, he was babyface Corey, but he would wear his tunic, his old Viking tunic on stage, and uh, and they were great. They just had the, the war paint on. But it wasn't the kind of happy, folky, Ensiferum, you know, type stuff. It was it was definitely more on the black metal side, death metal side. Um, but they were excellent. And yeah, Sean, who was the drummer, switched. He wanted to do vocals, so then they needed a drummer, so they got me on drums. And that's kind of what um, kick-started this whole long friendship and working relationship with... Uh, of course, Sean and Corey Smith, the two brothers who I later played in Of Oak with. Um, but Justin as well, who is, of course, um, in Krigsgrove and has been since whatever the hell year we decided to make that into a full band, which was, I don't know, 2012, around there. Um, and we've just been working together ever since. But um, it all stemmed from me joining Valsgard. But the reason I even bring that up is because prior to my ever being in Valsgard, um, Dylan from Psychiatric Regurgitation, he was in it, and Stephen Jeter was also in it for a time, so there's just a lot of, of old ties back to the Valsgard days, but, um, but Worm Chasm is very good, as I said, they've been around since 2015, they play a very epic, melodic, death metal, black metal type mixture, uh, one of the bands that they, that they, often will say is a big influence to them is the band Dawn, which is a pretty good comparison, honestly. It definitely has that Swedish vibe uh, to their sound. Uh, they released an EP in 2015, and it's not very good, and I love those guys, so I kind of hate to say that, but uh, the sound, the production is bad, and it just doesn't do uh, justice to the music, because they are a, uh, a very good live band, and it sounds very powerful in a live setting, but the EP just let them down but they did a split with Psychiatric Regurgitation in uh, 2018 called The Purge of Shrouded Martyrdom. And that came out through Dead Red Queen Records. And I think each band just played two songs. But the production was much better. Um, it's two or three songs, I can't remember. But yeah, the production definitely suits the music better. So I'm playing something off of the split. Um, the guitar player, Eric, he has had a child within the last couple of years and they've kind of taken a bit of a step back and of course with the pandemic and all that they just haven't been out there uh doing much lately so i can only assume they've been working on uh on new material so yes hopefully they will unleash something new um next year so yeah this is the last thing they have released up to this point so off of the split the purge of shrouded martyrdom this is worm chasm with wrath and ire 
right. That was Worm Chasm with Wrath and Ire. Production is still rough, but it's not bad. Like, the EP was just bad, and this one's just kind of just maintains some, some rawness to it, but you can still clearly hear all the instruments, and it's just better. Better suited to the music. Um, all right, we are going to a black metal band that's been around since 2016. I always thought the band name was Comical, and the song titles are Comical, and a lot, a lot of the aesthetics are Comical, <laughs> but... At the end of the day, it is just some pretty good, straightforward, aggressive black metal. That's it. It's just meant to be kind of the same way as like Urgahal or something like that, where it's just meant to be kind of intense, fast, in-your-face, blasphemous black metal. And um, it's entertaining live, I will say that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I actually, their singer... I actually shared the stage with uh, one of my old bands that I was in called Ophian... The mastermind behind that, my friend Dave, uh, he had moved up to Washington State, and then we he kind of got an offer for, hey, would you want to do a one-off performance, you know, months and months away uh, for Ophian, and he said, sure. So then Ophian used to be a three-piece. It was just bass, uh, and then Dave did guitar and vocals, and then me on, on drums um, for this one-off show. We didn't utilize the bass player that we had before. Um, we used this other guy, Chris, I believe his name was. It's pretty shitty that I can't remember his name, but I haven't spoken to him in forever. I want to say it was Chris. But yeah, so we got him on bass, and then uh, an old old friend of ours, um, Landon, on second guitar. So that's the first time Ophian ever had a second guitar player, but we all learned this material, and uh, me and Chris and Landon were rehearsing on our own like the three of us a lot before Dave came down um, the week of the show and I think we did one rehearsal one or two rehearsals I think it might have just been one where we just ran through the set a couple of times and um, and went over kind of what we were going to do you know where there was going to be pauses between songs to to say something to the crowd and things like that and we played the show and it was great it was really intense and man, that was tough uh, getting the muscle memory back when it came to drumming those songs because they were very challenging songs um, just from an endurance standpoint. So having to uh, relearn them was not easy. <laughs> so I was pretty proud of that that live performance. Um, but yes, Chris has since gone on to be the vocalist of this band. I don't even think I've said the name of the band yet with all my yammering. But the band is Blasphemous Goat Vomit, and it's pretty goofy to, to say that. It's pretty hard to say that with a straight face. But uh, they've put out a couple of EPs, uh, one in 2017 and one in 2019. They've just been releasing stuff independently, but they do play live uh, pretty often. I've played some shows with them, and they're a good, they're a good live band. Very intense performance. Um... But yeah, I'm going to play something off of their 2019 release, which is called Unholy Blackened Witch Cult Mastery, which also kind of makes me laugh because it just seems so cliche black metal uh, of a title, but I, that's the point. That's kind of the whole... They're not trying to break new ground, you know? They know what they are. Um, so I'm going to play the title track off of that. So here we go. Here it is, Blasphemous Goat Vomit with Unholy Blackened Witch Cult Mastery. <laughs> Thank you. 
Huh. Well, I guess it's over. I didn't even really listen to the end of that song, but that's uh, that's where the song ends. So I'm guessing it just goes straight into another one? Question mark? <laughs> Not really sure there, but yeah, that seemed like it cut off a little bit too abruptly. Um, all right, that was Blasphemous Goat Vomit with Unholy Blackened Witch Cult Mastery. We're going to a very fresh new band here. Uh, it's another one of Cody Daniels' bands, who, as I said, I play with in Giant of the Mountain and in Krigsgrav. This is just the Cody Daniels show, pretty much, because he played on Wings of Dayhawk, he played on Giant of the Mountain, He's playing on this one, and then I'm going to be playing a Krigsgrove song later, so he plays on that as well. So we got four appearances from Cody Daniels on this episode. Lucky you. All right, this band is one that he, it already kind of existed before he joined, um, but he was kind of one of the last puzzle pieces there. Uh, the band is called The Argonaut, and they really surprised me because, of course, there's a band uh, from the Dallas area called Urizen, that goes for this whole kind of sci-fi uh, vibe, lots of keyboards, but it's all about the stage show. It's all about just outer space and um, robots, and they're battling this big robot on stage, and they've, they've kind of uh, done that whole theatrical side of things. So whenever uh, Cody was telling me about the Argonaut and kind of the whole concept behind it being sci-fi, space, warriors um, battling in outer space against aliens and uh, I kind of would, would joke around that it's like oh I, I liked that uh, better the first time I heard it when it was called Urizen you know just uh, giving them shit about it uh, and the silly stage names that they would have and all that so whenever they were releasing their their album because uh, he had been working hard on it and because um, he would practice with the Argonaut which is this band, I don't know if I said that, but he, he would practice with the Argonaut the same night that we do Giant of the Mountain practice. So he would practice with Giant of the Mountain first, and then he would leave from there and go meet up with the other guys and practice for the Argonaut stuff, or record for Argonaut. And uh, they worked on it for a while, and they worked hard on it, and whenever it came out, I, I'm not really sure what I was expecting. I, th I thought it was just kind of technical death metal that just kind of had like a spacey theme to it. But it's really not that at all. It's very bombastic and big and theatrical. And uh, there's there's not even really that many like full-blown musical, like s traditional songs on this record. There's a lot of uh, interludes and things with spoken dialogue. And some of the songs are short. They're just almost like theme songs for some of these characters in this spacey storyline. But it's very entertaining. Uh, whenever they released it, I listened to it um, on Spotify start to finish that day. And I've listened to it a couple of times since then, um, as recent as like a week ago. And it's great. Like, it really surprised me. I, I really didn't know anything about what they sounded like. I just had this preconceived notion in my head. And when I finally heard the record, I actually thought it was pretty damn cool. Um, so yes, this album is self-titled, it's just called The Argonaut, and that came out on July 9th of this year, released independently. You can get it on their Bandcamp, and it's on Spotify as well. Um, but this is a band that you need to see live as well. I still have not. <laughs> and it's my own doing, uh, you know, Giant of the Mountain played a show with them, but it was still kind of peak pandemic time, and I'm just 
still quite nervous not so much for myself i just don't want to get my son sick so i just don't i don't linger anywhere for any longer than i absolutely have to so um i showed up late you know they cody and randy loaded in for me i got on stage and played the set got off stage got my gear off stage and then i went home so i didn't see any of the other other bands on the bill so i missed the argonaut so i do need to get out and see them um once things are you know little more calm and safe for me to do so but anyways off of that self-titled debut album this is the argonaut with the final stand was the argonaut with the final stand there's a lot of songs like that where it's pretty straightforward and short but it just kind of carries the storyline forward of what they're doing uh, the album as a whole isn't that long but it's a really enjoyable listen um, if you haven't checked it out get on spotify and check it out it won't uh, take up a bunch of your time and i promise you you'll be pretty pretty entertained especially by some of those spoken 
uh, interludes and things. But yeah, I actually wasn't aware uh, how much clean vocals Cody was going to be doing in the Argonaut. I don't think he was either when he joined. I think he joined primarily just to be the the second guitar player. Um, but it just kind of evolved uh, to where he ended up doing a lot of clean vocals. And of course, he has a great voice, so it adds a lot to the songs. All right. This band existed from 07 to 09 and then took a little break there and then kind of got rolling again in 2011. And they're still going now, um, although I don't think they're quite uh, so active in the last couple of years. But uh, the band is Cleric. And as I mentioned, um, the vocalist for Cleric, Zach Christian, is the same vocalist that we just heard in uh, Tyrannosaurus a few songs ago. But Cleric um, has always kind of been known as this band band that has like that kind of Stockholm influence like I always heard that like oh they sound like Entombed they sound like Entombed and then I heard them and they don't sound like Entombed (laughs) so I don't know where that came from Um, but it doesn't make sense to me because they don't sound like any of those bands from that scene to me at all Um, it's not to say that they're not good they are pretty good especially live Um, As I said, Zach Christian, you know, he has a pretty good um, stage presence for sure. Um, And they're, yeah, they're pretty good. Um, I just feel like as as far as local bands go, they're good. But as far as just a, a band in general playing this style, I think there's many, many other bands that just do a better job of it. That's really all. Um, So, I mean... I'm, I'm trying my best here, guys. I'm trying my best. I don't hate these bands, but that's usually my biggest critique is like I'll hear these bands and I'll say, I've heard this a million times before and there's a lot of other bands out there that just do it better. And that's really my biggest critique of of most local bands. Um, so I know it sounds like a total David, uh, shit talkathon here, but, uh, but I'm trying my best not to make it sound that way. But anyways, I'm playing something off of their second record. They put out a record in 2013, and I remember when that came out, and it was a big deal, you know, locally. Um, but they didn't release anything for a long time after that. And they finally put out a follow-up in 2019, The record's called Serpent Psalms, and that came out through Redefining Darkness Records, and this still stands as the most recent thing they've done. Um, I haven't really seen them performing live or anything like that uh, lately, so I'm not really sure what's going on in their camp. But but yeah, the record has some pretty sweet cover art, I will say that, and uh, it has a few really good songs on there. I've actually played a song off of this on on a much earlier episode of the podcast, probably right after it came out. But yeah, off of the second album, Serpent Psalms, this is Cleric with Destroying Eye of the Self.
Alright, that was Cleric with Destroying Eye of the Self. Definitely not bad, not by any means. Alright, this next band has been around since 09, but they have had some pretty lengthy um, periods of, of seeming inactivity, I guess. That band is the Black Mariah, and they were all the rage whenever they uh, first got to playing live. Um, originally they had Pete Brown on vocals, who uh, I remember from many years back with some older bands that he sang for. And had Alex Moore on guitar, very good guitar player. And uh, Jeff, formerly of Absu. So he was uh, with Absu for their self-titled uh, album. I can't remember what year that was. But, um, so yeah, he was on the Absu record, and then but was not on the Abzu record. Um, but yeah, he, he and the drummer, Jamil, um it was kind of their brainchild I believe and they're kind of the driving force that's still going right now they've had uh, several lineup changes in fact whenever uh, Jamil was wanting to switch to vocals they asked me if I wanted to drum and I declined I just wasn't particularly interested at the time the music's not bad but it was just something I, pr I basically just told them I'm not joining any more bands unless it's something that I'm like really passionate about and you know I just knew that I wouldn't be for this. It would be steady, live, you know, activity. But, yeah, I just wasn't interested at the time. But they're still going. Not really sure who's in it now, apart from Jamil and Jeff. But um, they released a debut in 2012, back when they still had Pete on vocals. And then it took seven years. They finally released a follow-up uh, in 2019 with Jamil on vocals called Road Agents of the Blast Furnace, and that came out through Falter Records, and again, that was 2019. But yeah, I, I was relieved when they released it, because it was just one of those things where I was sick and tired of hearing about it, because <laughs> I feel like I feel like for like three straight years, we were just hearing about like, oh, you just wait. You just wait, guys. We're working on some cool shit for this second album. This second album's gonna be great. You guys are gonna love it. Second album. We're gonna start recording it soon. And nothing would come out and you just wouldn't you just kept hearing about like oh it's gonna be awesome guys it's gonna be great second album and finally it was just like jesus christ just release the goddamn thing already like i'm so sick of hearing about this record and they released it and it's it's fine but it just didn't seem to really do much like i didn't seem to i never heard much about it so as much hype as there was from the band themselves leading up to the second album uh, being released, it just seemed to kind of come out and then just kind of fade away after a few weeks. Like people kind of paid attention to it at first because it had been so long since they released something. But then, yeah, the hype just kind of died down fairly quickly. And I haven't really seen them do a whole hell of a lot since then either. But um but yeah, I mean, they're, they're good musicians and they're good guys, uh, so hopefully they're they're working on some more new stuff and hopefully it won't take another seven years to release an album. So, But I'm playing something off the second record here. So off of the second album, Road Agents of the Blast Furnace, this is The Black Mariah with Just a Taste.
right, that was the Black Mariah with just a taste. Definitely not bad. I mean, they were they were just kind of black and thrash, and they have a real country western kind of western bandit. I guess would be kind of the vibe they're going for aesthetically and lyrically and everything like that. It all just kind of uh, uh, goes back to to that time period, pretty much the old west. Um, okay, this band originally existed from '91 to '95. They're one of the kind of uh, classic death metal bands of the area. Uh, And then they reformed in 2012, and they're still going now. Uh, It's kind of sporadic as far as when they play shows and things like that. But uh, the band is embalmed, and um, I believe Dave Tillery, who I played um, with his band Wings of Dayhawk to open the show, uh, he plays in it, and Ernie from Chemicost plays guitar, and Ed Taylor... Uh, is the other guitar, and I think he does the vocals too, Ed. But um, can't remember who's drumming for them these days. But he's been with them, you know, for for a while now. I think um, not since the '90s, but since like they reformed. I want to say they've they've had the same drummer for uh, for a while now. Could be wrong on that. But um, they released demos back in '91 and '93 before they split up in '95. So they didn't actually release a debut full length until 2013. And uh, I think they've done something since, maybe a split or something like that. But uh, they haven't really done a lot as far as releases uh, since this one. But the album, again, came out in 2013. It's called Brutal Delivery of Vengeance. And that came out through Dark Blasphemy's records. And um, I'm not 100% sure the ratio of like new songs to old songs on there because there's several songs on that full length that are just songs from their demo days that they re-recorded uh, for the full length, uh, which is cool because the demos, of course, you know, early 90s demos, they always sound pretty rough. Uh, so hearing them re-recorded with a more uh, modern production uh, makes them sound great. So um, I'm going to play a song that actually appeared on uh, one of their demos from the 90s, but uh, is on this this full length. So definitely sounds good with the modern production. So here we go off of Brutal Delivery of Vengeance. This is Embalmed with Bloated Cadaver.
Alright. That was embalmed with bloated cadaver. A lot of people might not know. I mean, I probably do. People locally, anyways. Um, as I said, embalmed existed from 91 to 95. And then I want to say maybe in 2000, those members of Embalmed uh, got back together to form a band called Cunthammer. And Cunthammer existed probably up until Embalmed reformed. Like, I, I think they existed all the way up to like 2011. And then in 2012, they decided to just kind of switch the name back to Embalmed. Um, but yeah, so I, for a long time, didn't really realize that it was that same same group, same bunch of dudes um all right this is another one that was kind of a classic in the scene uh this is not an active band so i'm kind of going against my what i said at the beginning of the episode there was a couple of exceptions you know on on this uh list but they're just too well known and too classic of a band to not play them this band existed from 83 to 91 initially and then uh from 05 up until 2012 and they've been done um They've been done, uh, I guess, well, probably not 2012, probably up until just a few years ago, actually. The band is Rigor Mortis, but they stopped whenever Bruce Corbett, the singer, um, passed away uh, from cancer. But that wasn't 2012, that was after 2012. Um, but they released records in 88 and 91, and then, uh, I, I think the last one they released was in 2014, so yeah, they must have probably called it quits, uh, whenever Bruce passed, which I don't, I don't know, was that 2018, 2017? I can't quite remember. Um, but yeah, they were kind of one of the earliest examples of kind of brutal thrash in the area you know they were a a thrash band they were kind of faster and more intense than a lot of their contemporaries uh around here in the 80s and um their influence has is pretty far-reaching from what i've gathered i've seen bands european bands and stuff with members wearing rigor mortis t-shirts and um i remember seeing marduk at the Ridgely Theater in Fort Worth, and uh, the singer Mortus decided to wear a rigor mortis t-shirt on stage, which I thought was pretty cool and definitely out of character. You never really see him wear band t-shirts on stage, but he just kind of wanted to pay homage, I guess, to uh, to that local band, so I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, I'm going to play something off of their debut from 1988. It's self-titled, so it's just called Rigor Mortis. But that came out through Capitol Records. Pretty big label um, for a band like that. Of course, Capitol had, uh, by that time, already signed bands like Megadeth and stuff like that. So they uh, were dipping their toes into the thrash waters already. So then they went ahead and scooped up Rigor Mortis as well. But um, the debut is probably the most well-known one. Uh, the cover is pretty iconic. It's just one of those covers that you see kind of like Motorhead, you know? You kind of see that same design, <laughs> like the Ace of Spades. You know, the T-shirts, Motorhead T-shirts and stuff, you always see that same design. It's kind of the same with Rigor Mortis. So you always see this front cover. Um, but it's a great record. It's a, it's a damn good thrash record, and it's uh, they're one of those bands that's kind of a feather in the cap of, uh, of this local scene from back in the day, so... From their 1988 debut, Rigor Mortis, this is Rigor Mortis with Reanimator. You killed him, though I did not. I gave him life. 
right, that was Rigor Mortis with Reanimator, which, funny enough, I just watched that movie tonight for the first time. Uh, not because of this song being on the episode or anything like that, but because Dave Ingram from Benediction, who I'm, I'm friends with on, on Facebook, um, he had posted a still shot of like one of his favorite scenes from that movie because it's one of his favorite horror movies, and it just kind of dawned on me of, you know, I don't think I've ever seen that. And the whole movie is there, free, on YouTube. Um, so I watched it while I was eating dinner <laughs> tonight. And it was pretty terrible. But, uh, you know, some of the gore, uh, special effects and everything in it were pretty uh, entertaining, at least. Uh, all right. It is that time to announce the final song of the episode. I've kept you tethered to your devices for long enough. I gave you a few extra songs on this episode because a lot of the songs were a little bit short. And um, really, there was just too many bands to cover. I mean, I could probably think of a handful of others that I would include on the episode, um, but I just didn't want to make a three-hour-long episode. <laughs> so if I left you off the list, anyone that's listening that's in the local scene here, I apologize. But I'm going to do a little more self-indulgence here and finish with uh, with one of my own band songs here. So... I want to thank all of you for listening. Um, thanks for telling other people about the podcast. If you want to tell them where they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com or on the free Podbean app or on Spotify. Um, as I said, I've been doing this for five years now, and uh, I'm just really appreciative to everybody who has taken the time to, to check out the podcast. I really love doing it, and I'm going to keep on going, not stopping here. But yes, if you want to send me any sort of feedback, suggestions, requests, anything like that, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And uh, of course, please find and like the Facebook page because uh, any sort of news or questions for you, the audience, or just any information about upcoming episodes, it's all going to be posted there. So yes, like the Facebook page and follow the Spotify. Um... I'm already, I don't have my songs ready for the next episode, but I'm working on it. I plan on having the next one out, uh, you know, on time, ready to go. There's lots of, some good new stuff out there for me to, uh, to play, so I'm kind of excited for the next episode. So yes, let's finish strong here. I'm playing a Krigsgrove tune, which of course is my band that I started in 2004 with my friend Chris. Uh, we're up to our sixth album now, and uh, this is the fourth album since turning it into a full band um that happened back in 2013 early 2013 i want to say and uh then we released the carrion fields in 2014 and waves of degradation in 2016 and then uh leave no path to follow in 2018 but by that point it was just myself and uh justin justin did all the guitars and vocals and i did uh, drums and bass and then we have since uh, recruited Cody Daniels, who, of course, I play with in Giant of the Mountain. So now we're back to three and just all writing on guitar and all recording ideas and sending them to and fro. And um, it's just been great. It's, it's been a really good vibe for this, uh, this last writing cycle. And the result has been our new album, The Sundering, which came out on August 6th through Wise Blood Records. And it's gotten a lot of really good uh reviews and just a lot of good attention drawn to it and it's uh, there's been a lot more media hype 
for this album than I've ever had at any point in Krigsgrove's career. So it's just been, uh, it's been awesome. <laughs> it's been awesome. I'm really, really happy with the record and just, um, you know, even though you don't necessarily make music for other people, uh, it's always good to kind of have that validation whenever you work really hard on something and then everybody else seems to kind of get it and seems to praise it and it connects with them in some way. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been really cool. So I've played uh, maybe two songs now off of this record in previous episodes, kind of leading up to the release of the album. Now I'm going to play one that is uh, is one of my favorites off of the off of the album. Just some really intense moments here, especially some of the blasting sections. Um, it's a fun one to drum, but the vocals are just amazing. Justin did such a good job on this record, as he does every time. But yeah, the vocals, especially on this album, were just awesome. Um, but yeah, it's just a nice epic close to the episode. So thanks again for listening, everybody. I'll be back in two weeks with episode 101. So here we go. Off of the Sundering, this is Krigsgrove with To Live and Die Without Hope, which I actually wrote the lyrics for as well. So cheers. <laughs>